everybody. What is going on? You know what time it is. You're listening to Join the Journey podcast with your host, Emma Daughter. Thanks for joining. Why did it matter that Paul was a Roman citizen? What was so significant about that? I mean, surely citizens got in trouble or broke laws all the time and had to face the consequences for their actions. Why was the reality that Paul was a Roman citizen the turning point in today's chapter? On October 4th of 2014, a podcast called Serial was released. Now, I'm not recommending it to you, but you may have observed its mention in a lot of news headlines in the last few weeks as the first season of the podcast covered this story. The story was about a man who was tried for the murder of his high school ex-girlfriend back in 1999. And the gist of this story was that it didn't seem like there was enough compelling evidence for him to have been convicted some 20-plus years ago. That's what the podcast was about, just this woman who was curious and investigated the story. And in recent weeks, the case went back to court, and Adnan, the man who had been behind bars for the last 20 years, was vindicated. He was released from prison as new DNA tests proved him innocent. Adnan was released from prison after 22 years behind bars because the court found that he could not be proven guilty. The court couldn't prove him guilty. So on October 11th of this year, he went home a free man. But how crazy would it have been if the court had sent him back to prison after these proceedings? That would defeat the purpose of prison. Prison is intended to be the consequence for the guilty, not the innocent. Now, I don't know much about the specifics of this story, but high level, it seems like a huge mistake was made 20 years ago. The court had ruled that an innocent man was actually guilty, and he'd been locked up for over 20 years, mistakenly. It was a mistake. And in a similar way, in today's chapter, the centurion didn't want to make that mistake. He didn't want to unfairly punish Paul. In chapter 22, starting in verse 22, in the NLT, we read, The crowd listened until Paul said that word, Gentiles. Then they all began to shout, Away with such a fellow, he isn't fit to live. They yelled, threw off their coats, and tossed handfuls of dust into the air. The commander brought Paul inside and ordered him lashed with whips to make him confess his crime. He wanted to find out why the crowd had become so furious. Verse 25, when they tied Paul down to lash him, Paul said to the officer standing there, is it legal for you to whip a Roman citizen who hasn't even been tried? Is it legal? Is it appropriate or okay for you to whip, discipline, or are you allowed to whip a Roman citizen who hasn't even been tried, who hasn't been proven guilty? Paul's asking a simple question. Are you supposed to punish a person who hasn't been proven guilty? More specifically, are you supposed to punish a Roman citizen who hasn't been proven guilty? It was a simple question, but it was incredibly significant. One commentator said this, By law, a Roman citizen not proven guilty of a crime could not be flogged or whipped. Paul called the centurion's attention to this fact by a question. When this was reported to the commander, he was unconvinced that Paul and his circumstances, the object of such hatred by the Jews, could be a Roman citizen. So basically, the guy who's about to whip Paul is like, "Uh uh-oh, I could get in big trouble for this. So he goes and gets his boss. 
And the boss is a little skeptical because he wouldn't expect a Roman citizen to be hated so much. So he almost tries to invalidate Paul by saying, well, maybe we can get around this by questioning his citizenship. And so the centurion says, hey, I paid for my citizenship and it was expensive. It wasn't cheap. And that was definitely something Paul could have potentially done, one commentator says. During the reign of Emperor Claudius, it was possible to purchase Roman citizenship. Those in government who sold this privilege could feather their nests with the bribery money. In contrast with the commander, however, Paul was born a citizen because his parents were citizens, which is more legit. So the commentator continues, The commander, knowing he had put Paul in chains, was fearful that Rome would learn he'd violated Roman law. In the chains, these were probably those that would hold him down for the flogging so he could be whipped. So now, if you're like me, you might be wondering, couldn't you just lie? Couldn't anybody just lie and say you're a citizen simply to get out of trouble? But the commentator concludes by asking that question. He wrote, could not anyone avoid flogging by simply claiming to be a Roman citizen? Perhaps, but if a person falsely claimed to be a citizen, he was liable to the death penalty. So this was a high-stakes conversation for both Paul and the centurion. But that's where today's chapter ends, in the middle of the story. So while we sit on this cliffhanger until tomorrow, I think there's one major lesson we can learn from Paul's speech in this less-than-ideal scenario. Why did he wait to speak up about being a citizen? I mean, if it were me, I'd be speaking up real quick. Like, hey, I'm a Roman citizen. Don't tie me up. You're going to regret this. It's like... Paul had this invincibility card he could have played the whole time, but he kept it close to his chest. And then, and then when he finally speaks up, he asks a question rather than making a statement. Is it lawful for you to flog a man who is a Roman citizen and uncondemned? And that question stopped the whip guy in his tracks. Proverbs 15.1 says a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. And the NLT says it like this, or puts it like this. A gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words make tempers flare. And it's interesting. Verse 22 sets the scene for Paul. Then they raised their voices and said, Away with such a fellow from the earth, for he should not be allowed to live. And as they were shouting and throwing off their cloaks and flinging dust into the air, the tribune ordered him to be brought into the barracks. Paul found himself in the midst of a lot of emotions, in the midst of a lot of loud voices, and in the midst of really a lot of chaos, which would have made me want to add to the noise, get loud, and stand up or advocate for myself. But instead, a gentle answer, really a gentle question, turned away wrath. And that's a lot easier said than done. When we operate out of our own strength, or lack thereof, It's easy to let our tempers flare, emotions run wild, and volume increase. We can get loud or hurtful or tense with our words really easily. But when we're surrendered to the Spirit, even in the midst of a chaotic or stressful situation, we can use gentle speech. We can't do it on our own, but empowered by the Spirit, we can exercise the same self-control that Paul had. What does this look like for you? When are you tempted to raise your voice? 
Be sharp or savage or sarcastic with your words. I think sometimes there are certain people who we trust, and so we decide this nugget of wisdom from Proverbs doesn't apply in those situations. With people we trust or love, we can be blunt, we can be savage, we can get, we can get upset, and it's safe. But safe doesn't necessarily—I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't make that speech God-honoring. Proverbs 29.11 says, A fool gives full vent to his spirit, but a wise man quietly holds it back. Which basically means letting your guard down in the name of venting to quote-unquote safe people doesn't make loose lips okay. That challenges me, and it's convicting. What does this look like for you? Are you marked by a gentle answer or gentle speech in all of your relationships and conversations, or do you give yourself a free pass when, you're, when you know you're with quote-unquote safe, maybe with family, a close coworker, safe people? I don't know what this looks like for you, but I'm certain there are ways all of us can grow and be more fully surrendered to the Spirit when it comes to our speech. That's all we've got time for today. But as always, I'm so glad we're all on this journey reading the Bible together. Hey, we want to thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed the episode. Did you know that you can help support Join the Journey by rating and reviewing this podcast? And if you're willing, we'd love it if you subscribe because the more you download, the easier it will be for new friends to find the podcast.